0: A once in a lifetime, you need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. Hey, hey, Mana, you made it. Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. Um, I'm so, so stoked to have you on here. I just... I just wanna clear something up. Were you just barely wrapping up another deal, just barely?
1: Yeah, just trying to go over some,
0: uh... yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, essentially, yes. You just texted me and said, hey, I'm just closing up one more deal. I will, I'll be on in about two minutes, right? Yeah,
1: so sorry, I'm, I'm a little late, guys. Dude, no
0: worries. You're doing what you do best, which is closing deals. And so I'm super excited to have you on. Guys, to give you a little bit of background about Mana, Mana is, he's one of my closer friends in the company. I spent a lot of time with him, and last year we worked together shoulder to shoulder a lot and closed a lot of deals together, and he's kind of even turned up a notch ever since I left and done even better. And every single year, every week, he seems to get better and better. So I'll let you guys t- like ask him a bunch of questions today. We wanna to have a really interactive call because he's doing, he's doing something right. Right, and So, Mana, just before we start the call, give us a little bit of background, dude. A lot of people do know you, but there's a lot of new people in the company, a lot of new faces, so let us know where you're from, how old you are, your background, um, your family situation, um, kind of like past experiences with sales or job history, as well as like education, stuff like that, you know? Yeah,
1: just kind of <laughs> like my
0: life. Explain my life. Totally. Explain <laughs> your uh, life.
1: yes. Yeah, so... My name is Mana. I I think uh, I'm trying to get to know everyone in this company, but uh, I'm 20. Sheesh, I'm 27, you know. 27. Um, Yeah, 27. Uh, I have a daughter. Her name is Madden. She's seven years old. This is my, going on my second year in the industry. Um, (coughs) I just lost the company record holder to Carson, but it's okay. (laughs) I'm going to get back.
2: Not
1: better. Um, So that's. (laughs) Kinda of a lot of guys know me, but um, yeah, I learned a lot from Jake and kind of jumped onto this opportunity with Carson and Cade. Last year, took a leap of faith, came out here and uh kind of fell in love with the the game of solar.
0: Nice. <laughs> so Mona, so, you're from you're from Utah, from California. Where are you from, dude? I'm
1: from uh, I'm from Inglewood, California. Mm-hmm. But I went to school in Lehigh. Utah. I was a pioneer at a time, Lehigh pioneer, and then uh, went out to Westlake, and then I finished. I graduated there, and then I went to college in uh, Portland. Came back, played at Westminster in Utah, and then I finished up in Seattle.
0: Nice. So, from like, age, yeah. you're born in California, and then you moved to Utah when you're like 15, 16 years old, or something. I ran away. I ran away from LA. I Ran away from Started LA. Trying to get
1: away from the, uh, from the hood, as they would say. And uh, went out there to Utah to get a better opportunity for school and just a uh, better atmosphere. Yeah. And it uh, changed
0: my life for sure. Dang, that's awesome. So you were, you were playing ball in Utah for four years. And you actually played ball with, in high school with a couple of kids that work, that work for us too, right?
1: Yes, sir. Jake McCord, man, Pack 5
0: Jake McCord. So you and McCord played basketball together in high school, and now you're back together competing in the same region, right?
1: Crazy how life works. But, yeah, I used to bully that kid in uh. <laughs> and now, now he grew like four inches taller than me, so I think he plays me now. Now he's a beast,
0: dude. We, yeah, he's a
1: beast for sure.
0: Are you older than McCord, or is he older than you?
1: No, I'm older. So I was a senior. I think he was a sophomore. So I'm about two years. Okay.
0: So yeah. And him, myself. So. That's awesome, yeah. dude. And then after high school, you said you left. You went and played some college basketball, right?
1: I did. I did. I had to go hand out water cups.
0: <laughs> oh, so you are a water boy for a few years.
1: They needed, and you got to have water boys, so that was me.
0: Dude. So well, play, yeah, I
1: played two years, two years at a juco, and then I went down to Westminster and then finished out in Seattle to be a little closer to my daughter.
0: <clears throat> awesome. So you did two years at one school, one year at Westminster, and then one year in Seattle? Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. So you bounced around. You've been on a bunch of different teams, stuff like that, right? Yeah, I have. I have. And then you mentioned your daughter. So you have a daughter. How old is she?
1: I have a princess. A princess. Let's make that known. She's seven years old. Her name is Madden. Uh, Madden Grace Emily New.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah.
0: I've met Madden a couple times. I love Madden. Everybody loves Madden. Sweet little girl. Yeah. She's so a,
3: she's
0: an angel for sure. Dude, for sure. 100%. So that's super cool, man. And your family, are they still in L.A. or where's your family at these days?
1: We're Polynesian. We're all over. If they're brown, we're related. But uh, I have family. My parents live here in L.A and so it's, it's kind of good that I'm close by cuz I can go see my dad and my mom but uh, a lot of my family's in Utah. So nice. Majority would be in Salt Lake City, Utah <laughs> County. So if you ever see them around, we're probably related.
0: So anyone sure. anyone brown at all, that's your cousin, right? Doesn't matter like if they're brown, brown anyway, brown
1: white, brown white, we don't discriminate, we're all brothers. Like I'm your cousin,
0: right? We're brothers.
1: Oh, we're brothers, dude. You're Tongin. Tongan.
0: All right, dude. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's a little bit of background on Mana. Mana really is, he's a great guy. I've loved working with him. He's been super, super humble and teachable since day one. And that's what's so cool about Mana is I spent a lot of time with him. Brandon actually spent some time with him. Um, Caden Carson have helped him out. Titans helped him out. And the feedback I've gotten is he's always very teachable and he's willing to listen. Right. Hey, like what it is. Oh, is that Drew it's, boy? Uh, Dress off the doors. Hey, Drew boy. So another another OG from last year. (laughs) So super stoked to have you on the call today, Mana. And I'm excited to have you teach these guys because one thing I've learned is the more teachable you are as an individual, the better teacher you are to other people. Does that make sense? Like I've really seen that show through with you and other people in the company is when you're humble and you're teachable, for some reason you're a better teacher to others, Right. And I think it's because you're a good student's good teacher. Mm. So Mana's be really coachable. been a great be student. Coachable. Yeah, you're coachable, you're personable. Like you can really take the feedback and try and change and use it. And so I think that helps you in helping other reps, right? Because right now you're leading a team. Are you a manager? How many guys do you have with you?
1: I don't consider myself <laughs> a manager, I'm just one of the boys.
0: It's one of the boys? we
1: are all brothers here? So
0: how many brothers um, or how many yeah, boys are you leaving?
1: I have a team uh, team in LA. Shout out to uh, LA office. But uh, yeah, I'm running a team. We got a bunch of good guys here. And so I'm just trying to create something special
0: here. That's awesome. So, Mono, last year you came in the company and you showed up May 10th or something. 11th. Or, May 11th. May 11th. May 11th, 2020, right? Ten, 10.32 p.m. 10.32 p.m. I remember you and Drew Boy walking in the house these massive polys. I mean, I'm bigger, but like these big polys rolling in here. Yeah. And when you came, were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you excited? What was going through your head when you first showed up?
1: I, I, honestly, I didn't really know. I, I remember driving from LA. I got a couple of texts from Kate and Carson. They were just wondering, like, are you still coming? Yeah. And I was like, I'm coming, man. I'm coming. Uh, but just on the drive there, me and Andy, it's funny that he's here. It's so kind of like a uh, coincidence, but, uh, we just started like listening to the audio recordings. We were listening to Brandon's audio recordings. We listened to yours. We listened to uh, Stephen Plumley's, and I was just hyped. I was like, "Dude, like, like, what are the chances of two brown guys going out of there and knocking doors?" Like, let's let's see what we can do. And so when I when I got there, I wasn't nervous. I was real prepared, um, but just my preparation coming into uh, something brand new. I just knew if I what I put into it is what I'm gonna get out. And so if I go out there and half a it, you know. And I'll expect half results, but just going in about two weeks prior, I put a lot of work (coughs) into just making sure I can be committed on coming out there.
0: Totally. And when you showed up, your first week, you were just setting. And to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, Mono was setting deals, and I was trying to close deals for a whole office. And there was like 10 or 12 setters or something like that, and then me trying to close our deals. And... It was, lucky, it was nice for me, I had a couple of 10 spots and some big weeks, but Mana shows up and Mana throws in so many sets that quite literally after, I don't know, four or five days, I turned to Mana and said, you've gotta start closing. Like, I can't take all your appointments. Like, this is crazy, I can't take all yours plus everybody else's. I need you to step it up, remember that? Yeah, you threw me in the fire, bro. Dude, I threw you <laughs> right in the fire. And you threw your, me in the fire. And your first two weeks closing, how was it?
1: It was tough, but I loved it. It was challenging. I remember my first close. I was I was with Tyson Clark. That's my guy. Uh-huh. Uh I didn't know what the heck I was saying. I was like, I, I kind of did like a hail mary. Uh-huh. Uh But at the end of the pitch, the homeowner was like, "We're interested." And uh, I remember I got out of the house and I looked at uh, Tyson and his Prius, and um, I just remember. Uh, sorry, everyone's calling this Vespers. You're good. Um. But when he when I turned to him, he was just like, "Dude, I don't know what you said, but it worked."
0: <laughs> Somehow it worked, right?
1: Yeah. So it's, it was it was it was definitely tough uh, learning how to close. But I think I leaned on you you and Brandon a lot, and just having you guys mentors to me. Uh, I definitely would not be where I am like without you, Jake. You know, spending the hours, you know, driving in your Honda before you got your Tesla. That was cool. <laughs> um, and then obviously Brandon coming out and, and giving me some. Some clarity and just understanding <clears throat> kind of the industry and how solar works and things like that.
0: Yeah for sure and you really did step it up and I think there's a, there's a lesson to be learned right there is do you need to know everything about solar when you start closing?
1: You don't really need to know I would say about solar you just need to know that you're gonna learn and you just it's gonna take time it's not gonna happen overnight but if you can be persistent and just persevere, you know, through the days and just know that, you know, each time I go to a close, I'm going to get better. Um, each time I go, it'll be fine. Like, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out, but it's just going to take, you know, maybe one, two, three close to figure it out. But with this job, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, it's a will over skill. You know, it's you, your first two weeks, you know, some guys may get it faster than others. But eventually, once you figure it out, you'll be fine.
0: And so you would say that, even if you don't know, would you tell a closer, like a new closer, to start closing sooner or later in general?
1: So for me, in my personal experience, I think I'm like a unicorn. (laughs) I think uh, I just kind of figured it out, which was natural, but just kind of learning a lot from last year. This year, I think you have to master setting. Uh, You have to master setting first before you, you you can jump into closing. And that's something that all my guys know now is is if you can't master setting, you're not going to master closing. Um, and so if you can't talk to a customer for five minutes, what makes you think you're going to talk to a customer for
0: an hour? 100%. So uh,
1: that's one thing that I implemented in my team is, is just making sure, and they understand it, that it, it's going to take time, but once they can master setting, um, their, their pitch is going to be bulletproof. Um, and then from there, objections, anything like that, it'll just be, you know, they'll just be bouncing off. And then from there, it's just, you know, they kind of get their stride, and then it's and it's fun. It becomes fun. Totally. a fun uh,
0: experience. Because <clears throat> really, all it closes is a long set, right? Like, it's the same objections, same issues, same questions, just a longer version of the same thing.
1: Yeah. I think I think in this job, the set is the most crucial part of the job. Um, from knocking the door, it sets the expectation for the homeowner on – the rest of the install process and just this i was looking at my cancellation ratios of as far as like what deals canceled you know what could i do better Um, a lot of my setters like just like to give you an example would be todd Barnes. a lot of his deals haven't canceled because of just the relationship the setter had with the homeowner and so that bond that they had it, it started from the set
0: nice well, this year you've crushed it, dude. This year you've been amazing. <clears throat> you've had some huge weeks. You and Carson kind of went at it, competing for the, for the record. Shout out to Carson. It turned out that Carson had 16 and you had 17, but one of or, one or two of yours wasn't like half half was signed or something was a little off, right, or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. When you, when you start closing a lot of deals like that, it just kind of becomes a blur, but it was a learning experience, something that I, I kind of grew from, but
0: that won't ever happen again. Dude, no, and that's... <laughs> And that is totally normal because I've been there where you're closing so many deals, there's so much going on in each deal that it's so hard to keep track of, hey, that deal I signed up four days ago, number eight, and I'm on number 14 right now, The number eight have every single in church Number eight, like there's so many things you miss that we don't blame you, we don't have any hassle there. So you have definitely, up, yeah, up, you've definitely done amazing. And last week specifically, you had a great week. Last week, you tied Chandler Russ for the number one spot. And according to shout my, to Chandler. yeah, shout out to Chandler, dude. He's a man. Shout, according to my calculations, you went six for twelve. So you had six close deals. You were in twelve sits, and you had a fifty percent close ratio, which is good, right? You've had better weeks. You've had worse weeks. Kind of, it's a pretty good average. But I'm grateful. <clears throat> even on weeks that maybe you like aren't so good, you're still closing six deals. What yeah, it was a slow week for me, for slow, sure. Slow week for you. Is that your slowest <laughs> week? Was last week was six? Or what's your what's your worst week this year? Yeah, probably six. Six? So, dude. Um, yeah. To be able to stay in that, to be able to close six to eight to 10 to 12 to 14 to 16 deals, whatever, a week, how do you do that week in and week out? What's your schedule you're running during the week? And then on the weekends, how do you recharge? Like, how do you start over, mentally clear your head?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is just I, I have so much belief in this company. I think I, I really have, like, uh, I believe in your guys' your vision. I believe in the company. I believe in the culture. Um, so a lot of that just inspires me to go out there and just, like, give it all that I have. But uh, my schedule is, is super, it's super boring, but it's the same thing that I do every single day. And um, – I think somebody, I think it was Brandon showed this, uh, motivation. It's kind of like temporary. Um, but with this job, I've just learned it. you just have to be disciplined. Um, for me, I, I wake up in the morning. I try to wake up between six 30, seven, go on my little run. And then obviously give myself some preparation time to clear my air, clear my mind and then get ready for the day. And then at eight thirty, my guys know dressed and ready it's meeting time. Um, And then from there, I can kind of prep myself for the day. And then obviously at the end of my day, that's when they know we have numbers, we'll we'll meet as a unit and then go over our numbers, (laughs) go over trainings. And then um, I learned a lot from my guys. Just being in this position, I learned a lot from them that I didn't know. So it's definitely helped me for sure.
0: Dude, you always learn more as a leader, definitely. You learn more about yourself, they teach you so much, you learn what you don't know. you're just like, as a leader, you live in a glass house and you realize how many issues and how imperfect you actually are, right? Yeah. Which can make you better and stronger and everything else. So every day you're waking up about 6.30 to 7, somewhere in there?
1: Yeah, I just know that if I can put myself in a position to, you know, I don't want to be that rep to wake up at 9 o'clock and just get out of bed and then I'm kind of trying to wake up talking to a customer. Um, I just want to be able to go into a home and know that I'm ready to go. I'm not, I'm, totally. I have a job, I'm a professional, this is what I do, you're in front of my whys. I have big goals, mm-hmm. let's get this process started, that's, that's my approach.
0: I think that's super critical and super big, I noticed Cody, he's got a super good morning schedule, and hey, I noticed, Cody, Cody, is that you? That's, this is Cody, this is Cody Hankel, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, this is the guy that makes the videos, the money, bro. makes the content, but Cody's got a really good morning schedule and you can probably speak to this as well, at 9 a.m., if you've been up for a few hours getting after it, you're usually a lot more attentive. Your nine to noon is gonna be a lot more productive, opposed to waking up at nine by noon you're awake, mm-hmm. right? For sure, yeah. Like This is a lot different. So you're doing 6.37, yeah. wake up, start running, exercise, 8.30 meeting with your guys.
1: Yep, yeah, putting in like 16 hour shifts. I mean, I'm coming home, you know, 8.30, still dressed in my clothes, but I mean, you gotta pay the price. I just know I gotta pay the price. It's Uh, success doesn't happen overnight so I just know what I'm doing now is gonna be
0: it's gonna pay off that's crazy dude so do you take do you take lunches every day or how do you eat or what do you do that do you have appointments back to back to back to back or what's going on
1: (laughs) Uh, I've been you know what's funny is that uh, so I have Joe Williams and Todd Barnes these guys are vegans so my, my energy is out the roof I just Shout out to CMOS, but CMOS does great things for your body. Uh, But I'm just wired. I'm just kind of like, I've kind of lost some weight out here. I've been kind of like getting my my health right. Uh, But I don't really take a break. Sometimes if I'm in a home, uh, customers will give me a a granola bar. We'll chat, have some water,
0: things like that. So you have breakfast in the morning and dinner at night. (coughs) Oh, oatmeal. You got to have the oatmeal. Oatmeal in the morning, dinner at night.
1: Oatmeal, almond milk. Almond
0: milk. Almond milk and oatmeal. And then a dinner. And then
1: uh, you got to have your, your water and your electrolytes for sure. And then uh, I usually just have a granola bar. Honestly, sometimes I forget to eat. I'm just so focused on what I'm doing that I just forget. And then sometimes I'm just like, I'm just hungry for closes.
0: <laughs> Dude, and that's the way it has to be. I think some reps, they get yeah. so hung up on themselves looking inward on how much sleep they need and how much food they need and how much this they need that they forget to look outward, yeah. right? Like your purpose is a little bit different. So now, when you roll into an appointment, Mana, what's your closed deck looking like right now? Are you, are you using Can't the deck? You are you not using the deck? Are you? What are you saying?
1: No, you know, there's no secret. Like I use the same deck, um, the same deck that we went over. We, I think Carson said this, but I think, I think one thing you start you'll start to learn as a, uh, a high performer closer is you just ha- it has to be conversational. Um, that's the approach. Is if you can have a conversation with a customer. On a personal note, to where it's not scriptive, it's not robotic, you know, you're gonna lull your 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 customer to sleep, and so you just have to be in a way where I can just talk to them, they can be free, we can be free, we can have a good time, and then just help save them money, you know, things like that, so, my deck is pretty, it's pretty the same to everybody's in the company, nothing, there's no like magic or secret deck.
0: Nice, so you have the same deck we are using, and you use the deck, so you pull it out, you use it every close, and walk through people with it. Talk, make it conversational, but you do use the deck. Absolutely. I'm. I do not Yeah. I mean, the deck is set,
1: up, <laughs> and that's what I love about the company. I think our infrastructure is great. Um, the deck is set up in a way to, in a way psychologically, to funnel your customer to where you want to go. And obviously, if you can follow, I mean, why re- reinvent the wheel? Brandon made, you know, a significant set of money for a reason. Why not? Why? you know, reinvent it. So I, I just been kind of doing, implementing the same process myself and it's been working.
0: No, that's awesome, dude. So you roll in there, you present the deck. At the end of the deck, when people are, when you're kind of wrapping up, do you have a one-liner or something you say or how do you get them to actually close up and, and sign the docs?
1: <laughs> I probably get like a hundred texts about this, but, uh, <laughs> what do you think? No, I don't say that. I just, I just assume <laughs> it. I just, you have to assume, you have to assume it, um, most of the time, if your customer and Kaden talked about this, but most of the time, if your customer is asking you that at the end of the close, that just lets me know that I didn't do a good job of certain parts in the close to get them to that point because they should be, in a sense, sold maybe halfway through the deck. Um, and so that way that avoids or eliminates that that factor at the end where now they're just like, OK, I don't know if I want to do this. So I try to avoid that. And so I try to. You know soft close them throughout the deck that makes
0: sense so you try not to have it be at the very end they're saying yes like you want them to be saying yes and understand and be on the same page as you throughout the whole deck right
1: absolutely <laughs> within the first 15 minutes i know for sure it's close so in the first 15 minutes i know if i can get in the house um and i, I can you know it's, it's really big to build rapport and trust with the customer uh i, I know for sure that it's going to be a close um so that's my approach
0: so is there any slides in the deck that you hit on harder or that are really like monumental to you that really help you build momentum or get a yes out of them
1: yeah and my advice to all the reps out there is there's there's one thing you really have to focus on and that's called it's called the it's three letters it's y. why. W H Y. people want to know why like why did you knock my door why are you here um Why is the state doing this? Why is Edison involved? Why is this net metering program put in place? Why is this going to save you money? Uh, Why would I qualify? If you can answer all those whys to your customer, um, in a sense, you know, it's a no-brainer. So the deck is set up strategically to put you in a position to be successful. You just have to understand the why uh, of the deck.
3: Interesting. Do you feel like you're answering those whys before the customer even asks them?
1: Yeah. you got to put yourself in a position. Like, like, you know, slide one for mine is uh, obviously, you know, you know, 94% of our power comes from Utah, Nevada, and Arizona. Okay, why is this happening? It's because our powers come out of state. The second slide talks about, well, why is Edison's rising costs um, increasing? On average, PG&E Edison, uh, when's the last time they went down? When's the last time they've, they've lowered the rates? And they laugh. Your customer will laugh like, oh, they've never lowered the rates. And so, you know, obviously, um, making the return to the investors, they're publicly traded, they're going to have to make their money. Um, why they're doing this is we're currently fighting climate change. You know, climate change is something that we all face uh, as a country, as a state, uh, with emissions. And why is this program put in place? Is that the state put $258 million? You know, it's it's just to help homeowners, look into this to, you know, save money on energy. It could be wind solar, weather shipping, windows. And then why was this passed? It was a new law. It was part of the California Renewable Energy Act that was put in place um, to help utility companies stop going out of state, to help lower the cost of living, and to allow the state to clean up our air, and then obviously keep Edison and PG&E to keep buying power. So it benefits all parties. And then obviously i mean if i can walk the customer through um now that goes into okay why is this important well with the time of use um this is where the dramatic change in your bill is going to occur and so if your kilowatt rate is increasing and your income isn't that's that's a concern and so uh why this net meter was put in place was to help measure the power used and produced and so now with the new law if your home can produce clean power you can now sell it back to the grid etc now it benefits the customer that now the utility company has to buy back the power from the residents and so with the programs for you to qualify why is this important is that you just got to be the homeowner you have to have a new meter and then as long as you're within a certain range you can qualify for this program and then from there it's numbers
0: so there's a lot of the why why on everything every slide's all about the why right you got to build the pain dude 100% and the value comes from the why right when you say This is why you need it. Now there's some value there. This is why this is happening. Now there's some value there. The state's actually helpful now. You're actually helpful. Like, everyone's happier when they understand why. I mean, even as a kid, right, you ask your mom and dad, hey, why? Why? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? And if as a parent, you give them a good answer, they're usually satisfied. But when when a parent says, because I said so, usually a kid doesn't love that, right? And And it's not
1: necessarily being, you know, and and my approach is I I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not the bad guy. I'm not, well, Edison and PG, they're they're not the bad guys. We're unbiased. Like, my job is I'm just the numbers guy. (laughs) I'm just here to educate. Uh, I'm not choosing sides on who's bad or who's good. I'm just here to educate. And when a homeowner can understand that, like, hey, this guy is just really here to just educate me on the laws, most of the times they can see my intentions. And then from there, um, they can be more receptive to what I'm trying to to teach which is obviously solar and how they can save money
0: dude i like what you said there is i think when you paint someone else as the bad guy it never it never makes you look better
1: absolutely
0: right i live by that like i don't think I, i've noticed in recruiting and selling and talking with relationships and talking with co-workers painting someone else bad does not make you look better I think it's very common as a closer to maybe try and pin the power company or say something negative. If yeah. the customer says something negative, that's okay, right? That's fine. You can do whatever they want to do. But as a rep, the less negativity you bring in that home, the better off you'll be, right? In general. All positive vibes, for sure. I mean, people read the vibes. They can see the room. So that's really interesting. That's a good thought there. And then at the end, hopefully they're all closed up because throughout the deck, you explain the why so many times. That by the end of it they're like why would i not do this is that accurate
1: yeah it's 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 a it's a cool thing what i've learned this year that I, i've uh i've kind of like gained a deeper love for what i do is uh it's a personal note I've, I've had customers call me and just say you know what like i don't really know what to do uh, mana but i trust you uh just just put us in a good situation and it's a cool feeling to be able to have that relationship uh with the homeowner because now it's on a personal note to look to you know, serve them as if they were my own parents, or if they're my own family. And when people can connect to you in that way, um, the pen moves a little, a little deeper.
0: Totally, totally, it stays there, right? The pen for sure. moves a little deeper. It stays on the paper. So, how do you feel like you build that trust, Mona?
1: Just staying true to myself. I know who I am as a man. I know I know what I stand for, and just being confident in who I am. Um, I'm confident in my own skin to to just be who I am. And obviously, people can be. You know, they see that. I mean, California, you know, there's a bunch of scams. There's a bunch of solar companies that come out. And, you know, their approach is, I just want to make money off of you. (laughs) I'm here to knock on your door. I got a commission to make. And everyone can see through that. But if they can know, and that's what this company stands for. If you can be a good person and be ambitious, you'll be fine.
0: Dude, 100%. So it's just like your vibe that you bring to the the table is what you're saying?
1: I don't know if it's a CMOS. uh, Maybe.
0: (laughs) Dude, Mana, what is CMOS? What is this?
1: Wait, wait, wait. I'll send it in the manager's chat. You guys can uh, get some secret sauce.
0: Okay. All right. We'll, ch- we'll check that out. We'll send it out to everybody and make sure they're, they're taking their CMOS every day. C-MOS. Just put my trademark on it. Yeah, we will do. CMOS by Mana. Okay. Dude, next question I have for you, Mana, is how important to you as a team? Like, you definitely, you've been on teams your whole life. You've been an athlete in high school and college. You've been on collegiate teams and high school level teams. Is a team important? What does a team do for you? How can you be a team player? Is that going to impact anything? Have you noticed, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I've I've been on, maybe this is maybe because of my past experience, but I've been on, on winning programs. I've been on, on losing programs. And I think with the program that I was with, uh, I mean, Jared Roffler's dad is one of my iconic uh, – mentors my whole life and so one thing that he implemented on his team that is there's a lot of sacrifice that you have to put before your he always referred to the marines um you know the next man up and so i just always have this concept that like if there's anyone that's not pulling weight then what can i do for them how can i serve them and then just being super coachable like i think i'm the most imperfect leader there is i'm not the most perfect leader but for me i, I, I still want to learn and I think just having that approach has helped me, especially with this office, having just a bunch of group of good guys. I learn from these guys every day, and they learn from me, so it's just like a, it's a, it's a growing, like it's a, we, we don't depend on each other, we lean on each other.
0: Dude, I think that sometimes as reps, especially you start getting better and better and closing more deals, you can sometimes be a little selfish, right? With your time, your attention, Um, You can maybe not be as big of a team player as you once were. You don't feel like you're as needed to them. But we need to remember that you literally, like you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And so if you want to be the best, everyone around you has got to be the best. You can't just be the best with everyone else being down low, right? Eventually that's going to end for you and you're going to need them. And sometimes we forget that. So it's important to be a team player. It's important to help people around you. It's really, really critical to show some time and attention at nights, right, in the mornings to really helping other people develop and grow, taking phone calls from other people in the company, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and just one thing that I, that's helped me is, is uh, one-on-ones, you know, having one-on-ones with your reps is uh, something that I wish I would have had more as, as a rep, uh, and, you know, first doing this is, you know, having a, having a leader, you know, pull you aside and say, you know, hey, Mana, like... Um, how are you feeling? Uh, what can I do better at my job? And, and, and to hear a leader say that, that shows a lot about that person. And so I try to be that person this year and just making sure that I can, you know, serve my fellow men, um, you know, be Christ-like, obviously, and then just be, you know, I want to be transparent. I want to know that I care about them, they care about me, and that we can be in an atmosphere to, to thrive.
0: Nice. What are your weekends looking like, Mana? What do you do on Saturday and Sunday to kind of recharge and start Closing deals. You're closing deals all weekend. <laughs> no, nah, just kidding.
1: Well, that one week I did, but yeah. uh, I had to take it a little easy. I almost lost all my hair. <laughs> but um, my weekends is something that we do. We, we, we kind of we do team activities. Uh, we, we hoop. or we. Sometimes it's bad because we go out and hoop and we get way too competitive. Uh, I had to tell our guys we got to slow down on hooping. Because we get way too competitive, but we just we just take that time to really refresh our our week because our, our weeks are hard. We grind. We go super hard, and we just want to be fresh for that Monday.
0: Nice. So you take, Obviously,
1: church. Go to church. So church
0: on Sundays.
1: You no. found a a YSA ward, uh, dude. Bishop is dope.
0: Nice. He probably loves you guys all going in there. Uh, automatic. Dude, that's awesome. Well, Mana, I want to open it up to these guys to ask you some questions and kind of pick your brain because obviously, year to date in twenty twenty one, do you know how many closed deals you've had?
1: How many does my team have?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I think you're it's not about me.
1: <laughs> but it's from, but what, I, what I, I don't I haven't really even paid attention to it.
0: I I think last time I checked, you were about forty closed deals this year. It's like forty to forty five, somewhere in that ballpark, in twenty twenty one. 55 55 okay so I'm 10 off all right so off. you're already at 55 closed deals and this week actually a huge week for installs shout out to anybody on this call you guys will be surprised at your paychecks this week there was some lots of big checks going out lots of uh, lots of installs last week so you're starting to see those installs come in right yes sir so I, I, I want these guys to ask you some questions. How are you doing this? How are you doing that? How do you do your follow-ups? How do you do your cancellation stuff? Um, how do you manage your time? Whatever they want to ask you just to open it up. So anybody on this call, feel free to turn off your mic or turn on your mic and start talking as well as, if you can, turn on your camera. It's good to see who you actually are and it's better to have a little bit more of an interaction. So if you can turn on your camera and your mic, say your name, what office you're in and ask them the question.
1: I'll turn my camera off.
0: No, keep yours on.
4: I'll be the first one to ask.
1: Thanks,
4: what's hey, up, my, good. How are you?
1: I'm good.
4: Good. Good. Um. Well, I I heard that you just build rapport like crazy. That's how you close deals. But I try I try to emulate that. Build rapport build trust but then towards the end like after you've built all that rapport what do you say or what do you do when they're like yeah let's we'll still think about it like we trust you we know that it's best for us but give us give us a couple days to think about it what do you say about that
1: i'm fine with that i'm fine with a two-part close um that's one thing that you know you did your job you know give yourself some credit you you, you did your job you got them interested they want they want to think about it i respect it i respect it you know hey you guys think about it i'll follow back up uh, tomorrow and if you guys have any questions write them down and i'll stop by and answer and answer them and uh you'll be surprised that you know they don't feel pressured because right now you have to remember you're not closing the deal to close a deal you're closing a deal to put glass on the roof yeah so if it takes two steps to, to close the deal honor it bro Okay. appreciate and, it no my
4: fellow my follow-up question is, how do you do? How do you do that follow-up? That
3: yeah, so text, I, I, call I, them.
1: Just, I don't. I don't call them. I just pull up. <laughs> Me, <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's it's Mana, you know the, the tall guy. Uh, but usually they'll when I come back, I don't ever let it go more than forty-eight hours because I know they'll forget about the lot of information that, that they're going to retain. It's just a lot of information, and so when I go back there, I just knock on the door and I'm just like, hey, i was just helping out your neighbors. Uh, but do you guys have any questions about what we talked about? Um, and then 9 times out of 10, I'm right back at the table where we started. <laughs> and I'm repitching them. Yeah. So I gotta go through the deck. Right, I, I started from the beginning. I'll go right through it again, walk them through it again. Um, and then they feel comfortable, they feel confident in their decision. And then from there, we can schedule the site survey call, through docs, and then we'll take a selfie. Nice. You always take a selfie. Oh, for sure, dude. I
0: always take a selfie. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna start doing that. Dude, take it, dude.
0: People like the selfie, you right, Mana? <laughs>
1: yeah, man, it's cool. Man, I'm just an average dude. You're, I'm, am just uh, a normal person. Uh, I'm not a sales guy. I'm just here to help.
0: You know, right. links. I think Appreciate a lot. I think you could use a lot of those things that Mana just told you. I just maybe would to say the tall guy. I might change that verb. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, oh, yeah it's, the, it's the short Filipino guy again. Yeah, I
0: might I might say it's the short guy again. That might help you a little bit. <laughs> Maybe the tall guy's I'll tell you.
4: I'm like six four in heart, <laughs> but <laughs>
0: I'm actually 5'5. Five, five. Oh, dude, you're throw some hills on, bro. Dude, it. You're obese. Hey, we'll do. I'm the tallest
1: in my family, so hey. that's dope, man.
0: That's <laughs> but hopefully that
1: helps. Hopefully that helps, dude. If you Great. need reach out to trust me, let me know,
0: bro. All right. So, Mara, just to recap that, you said that you do a two-part close is fine for you. You don't mind. But you don't ever schedule the appointment. You just show back up again within 48 hours.
1: Yeah, because, you know, and this is something I learned. I, I, what I would do in the past is, I, I you know, I was, I was so hungry to close the deal. I was like, oh, i had to close it. I, but then they'll call the next day and cancel. And so, for me, it's it's a it's a solar coaster. And I, I don't want to feel that. I don't, it's, like, it's stressful <laughs> to, like, you get that phone call, your heart pumps, and you're just like, oh, crap, who is it now? Totally. And then they cancel and so I have just noticed my cancellation ratios. I've done a lot better. Um, just taking my time. Just enjoying the process. Let them feel comfortable in their decision. And then people want to buy it. They don't want to be sold.
0: That's awesome. And, you canc- and you've learned because your cancellation ratio has gone way down from last year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Better. So awesome. Any other questions for Mana?
3: Hey, this is Brandon Bailey here from Livermore. Shout out to Livermore. Yeah. Shout out to Livermore. Yes, sir. Um, hey, Mana, I had a question. So personally, my own question, I, I was wondering, how do you guys set your appointments? Is it every hour, every two hours? And if it is every hour, um, how do you have enough time to build rapport, pitch them on the with the deck and conversation and closing them up with signing docs? How does that usually look for you?
1: It depends. I, I just i, I kind of have it boiled down to the science i know if i'm in a customer a customer's home and it's a uh let's say a care bill you know you're in PG&E, right yeah he is i, I
0: miss,
1: I miss pgne um but typically i just know it's going to take me about 45 minutes to an hour and so sometimes you know um i would say out there in san francisco just from my personal experience you gotta have to jump right to the point you know too much fluff in the beginning you just got to be a professional as an expert and then just be the numbers guys and then kind of just go right into it Um, and that way that keeps me on time especially if you got a lot of setters if you got a lot of setters you want to be on time um, to your appointments so that's just something that I've kind of I've done myself
0: so you kind of jump right into it is that what you're saying yeah so how do you build a core in that
1: and here's the thing: you got to you have to understand. Like building rapport doesn't mean just like, you know, hey, how's your dog or <laughs> things like that. It, that's not necessarily rapport. Um, I think what I will do, and this is a tip that you guys can try. But you know, I'll ask them for the utility bill. Hey, can you go grab your utility bill? Um, as they grab their utility bill, um, I take time within five minutes to just get it, just kind of get a general idea of where they are, energy efficiency wise. And so I'll ask, you know, like, hey, so what's using the most electricity for you guys? Pull out my magic pen. (laughs) I'll write it down. Um, How many people are using the power in the house? Uh, Four people? Write it down. Um, Have you guys done any type of upgrades at home? Write it down. And then from there, as I'm writing it down, then I kind of have, going into my deck, I kind of know where to address, where my my weak points are for that customer. or Mm -hmm. Sorry, strong points. Um, and then from there, it gives me idea, okay, now I have to cater my pitch to to that customer. It has to be versatile. So I know right now AC is probably the biggest thing that's consuming their energy consumption. Um, so I need to build on that. I need to, to hark. And so one thing I noticed is, like, you know, you have to ask those questions in the beginning. And then from there, as an expert, that's who we are. Um, now they can have that trust. to are like, yeah, this guy knows he understands me because I, I run the AC at 72 degrees all day, and I'm wondering why my bills high.
0: <laughs> now your brothers, all oh. right? Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Great advice. That's some cool tips. I never, I've never thought about that. That's something that's off the cuff for me that I've never done. But sounds like getting in there, asking some questions, writing some notes down, let them know you're actually listening to them. You care. That's cool.
1: Don't close too many deals, Brandon.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Any other questions for Mana? I have a
2: question. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, good. I'm actually here with Marty. We're uh, building a report. We're actually uh, going to go to a, an appointment just in a bit. Um, Marty, can I see your face? What's good, homie? Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Anyway, so my question was, um, you know, there's there's a... What, what's something that you would say for you... I don't know if you have a one or... We need two three things that work specifically. You know, there's there's so many things that help, um, you know, with your closing ratio, I guess. Like uh, like you were saying, like having that trust with the customer, uh, building a report or whatever. What's something that you feel like it works specifically for you, you know, like, that you would say like, oh, I, I need to, I have this scale, I have this in my clothes, in order to make it close, you know, either it can be one specific thing or if there's Yeah, I of- just trying to understand your question. So, and you correct me if I'm wrong, are you wanting to
1: know, like, how do I build trust in the beginning of the appointment? No, like, I
2: guess, um,
1: Hello? <laughs>
0: Looks like they're frozen. I'm not sure. Um, now, this, sorry, I think you cut out. This is a cliffhanger for sure. I I, I don't know this question, but. <laughs> yeah.
1: So hopefully he comes back with us. Okay.
3: Rest in peace, brother.
0: In the meantime, rest in peace to Alan and Marty. Hopefully after this, they get back on. Any other questions for Mana? Oh, there's Marty again. Oh. Sorry, the iPad got way too hot. <laughs> oh, okay. There's two of you on my screen. All right.
2: Gotcha. So what I was probably like going straight up. So for example, something I feel like it works for me when I'm making appointments or pulling bills, you know, is making them feel like there's a problem going on instead of just presenting a beauty of something like, hey, there's this great thing that helps you save money. If they don't feel like there's a need for them, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't need that. You know, versus if I like, hey, there's delivery fee going on, there's... This energy prices within the state; they can relate to it. Uh-huh. That's why it makes for them more sense, uh, like to go over the different programs. So I feel like that's something that has worked for me. What's something that I don't know for you that it's key to a close? You know, it's, it's key or yeah,
1: to kind of put yourself to set yourself up for the sit. I'm sorry. Close. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I understand your question. Um, the question you got to ask yourself is, uh, well I ask myself, is um, why is this worth their time? And I, I just try to, if I can answer those, like the question of, like, why is this important? Why is this worth their time? Um, and how does it benefit them? Um, it builds a sense of urgency, so that way they're expecting me to come back to help
2: them out. So I think you're doing the right thing for sure. And then when you're in the close, do you do something also like? That is needs to be key. Needs uh, in order for them to be so, Like you said, you at some point they're like already closed. Like a soft close. Yeah. And Let's, the first
1: thing you gotta do is breathe. <laughs> you gotta you know breathe. Take it's, 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 it's be relaxed. You gotta be relaxed when you go in there. Uh, your emotions are gonna be high as you're going there because you're just you're, you're wanting to close. And you just have to take in one appointment at a time. Just take your time and, and just really. Just be calm and you'll you'll notice that your voice projection, your tone of voice, your body language would be relaxed. And then you can mirror your customer because now the customer is not as antsy because you're, you're calm.
2: I like that. Thanks, dude. Yes,
0: Thank you. Sure. Good question. Any other questions for Mana?
3: I got a question for you, Mana and i'm driving right now so i'm not going to turn on my camera oh, um, sorry about that but so i feel like i've been sitting more appointments recently and okay. i'm using the deck But okay. i feel like my issue is when i'm using the deck i feel very like like you talked about more conversationalist instead of more robotic okay and i feel kind of like a robot i'm just wondering like what kind of questions you're asking like what kind of things are you doing to make it like I'm just having a conversation with you. Like I feel like for me, like I'm trying to hit every slide and do it a certain way instead of just kind of being that
1: conversation guy. Yeah. So for me, it's like basketball. For me, I know if if I'm in uh, if my handles are off, I know I got to go in the gym and just pound a ball. And so that like for me, if I translate that to to solar, uh, I take time to record myself at home um, and practice. At home. So I'll record myself. This is something I did with Brandon. When Brandon Andrew came out and shadowed me on my first week out there in Stockton, California, um, I just recorded myself and I would listen to myself over and over and over again. I was a student of the game. I was a student of my pitch and then I can notice I'm like, dang, I sound like like who wants to listen to that? Like, I need to change that. And then um and then from there, as I you know, more it's like repetition. It's gonna happen. So if I can get into more homes, I'm going to be a lot more confident. So you're on the right path for sure. So I would just, my advice would be just record yourself and then re-listen to yourself and put yourself in the customer's shoes and see, you know, if do I sound like the person I want to listen to? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. My advice. Oh, there you go. Nice to see you, man.
0: That's a great question. Um, Brayden Harris is a great rep. He's been working hard. I think as a rep, guys, if you feel like you are not, if they're not talking 50% of the time, you're doing your job wrong. It was a little bit like an input. I had to walk away real fast so I didn't hear the whole answer, the whole question. But I think the idea was what questions or how do you not sound like a robot in your deck? And if they are not talking 50% of the conversation, then you are doing something wrong. As a closer, as a setter, in general. If you can just go from question to question to question, you'll have the most success. I really you're going to be drained. If you're, if you're talking the most of the clothes, you probably know this, Jake, but, like,
1: you, at the end of the clothes, you're just like, man, that just drained me. And then you have three more appointments for the day, and now you head into that appointment. And so, you know, like, I think Jake hit on the point. You know, 50%
3: has to be from the customer.
0: Totally. Awesome. Any other questions for Mana? Uh, yeah,
3: Rob, again, got a question for you. Um, hey, we were kind of curious. Um, we would love, and, and I guess this necessarily a question for now but man would there be a way that mana you could like you could do like a mock close with one of your boys like maybe literally like doing a role play and putting it on like the google Drive, so we can kind of like see how you are in action i mean you've had yeah you've had so much success and i mean it'd be really cool to see all this advice put into like maybe a 15 20 minute kind of thing i don't know what are your thoughts maybe after march madness yeah <laughs>
0: We can definitely,
3: <laughs>
1: right? No, no, no. Yeah, I would. I, I, would definitely, I would definitely love to help. I could definitely do my close for you guys. Uh, not a problem. Like my number, I'll send my number out so we can definitely make something happen. I'm more than welcome to go through a mock close, um, and then do some role playing for sure.
0: Yeah, we'll work on that, Mana, and we'll get a video set up for you. And that's a, that's a great idea.
2: Hey, Mana. Uh, this is Starling from the Livermore Group. Hey, again. What's up, so, uh, Quick question for you. When you go inside of a close um, and the customer is like talking about their personal lives and like just talking about random things that don't even, you know, like uh, go with a conversation, how do you like um, de- uh, direct the, uh, the <clears throat> conversation to like the deck so they don't think that you just sell for a sale? Do you
1: understand my question? Yeah, I I think you have to you have to set the you have to set the bound ba- or sorry you have to set the expectations right from the jump. Um, just for me personally, you know, I'm there. I'm not there to. I'm obviously there to be their friend, but I'm honestly there to help them save money, and that's the reasoning why they even set the appointment. And so my approach is not necessary to get too distracted on what the customer. And it's great you want to know more about your customer and things like that. Um, but you know your time is valuable um, and so for me I you know I, I like to gain uh, you know maybe two three minutes in, in the beginning of the close but um, I think something that helps me kind of shy away from that is just getting their utility bill and then going right into
2: the right example right, right try it out I'll do that thank you I think, that's a good no tip.
0: I think that's a really good tip that we sometimes waste a lot of time talking about fluffy things which it's, it's kind of a combo right you need to be their friend you need to get to know them you need to be not standoffish but not waste an hour for sure awesome any other questions for mana we only have a time for like one or two more questions because we do want to keep these to an hour mana said I'll jump on the call and I'll, I'll talk but I only have an hour so I uh
1: yeah I actually just texted my customer he's mowing his log right now so we got some time
0: okay so we have a minute or two yeah if
1: anyone has some questions Cody, it's
3: good
1: seeing you, man. You too, brother. I miss
0: all these with you guys. Yeah. You guys had fun. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's everything. I see. I see in the chat, and Mana, I want your confirmation on this. Jace, right? Put in the chat. Jake, sorry to say, the company signed a petition for you to shave the stash. I'm sorry for your loss. He's a savage. Wow, dude. I like the stash. Should I keep the stash, Mana?
1: I think you should.
0: All right. Well, guys, we love having you guys on here. You guys are all awesome. Mana, you've been so, so helpful. You're such a team player, and you really are good at helping us learn how to be better. So we'll keep these calls going. We'll have another one next Thursday. And this call will actually be recorded and be in the Closer folder on the Google Drive and into our app that's actually coming out next week for you guys. Um, it'll be into our app, so you guys can listen to that and use these calls. Okay. Well,
1: appreciate
0: the appreciate your time, Jake. Hey, love, have a great love you, man. see you, brother. For once in a lifetime, we need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.